Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Hoi hoi and welcome to episode 121 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Steve Pander. And yes, we are both still alive. Now you may have thought, are they ever going to do a post-game podcast again? Well, we're here. Uh, yeah, I was basically took some time off because I couldn't take the sexual harassment off the air from Michael. And so we decided to break up for a bit. And I think I think the time part did well. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've had a talk about it. I, I know not to cross the line now. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do feel, though, that the way that we work together, it's kind of like the GOP Republican debate. Obviously, I'm Trump. Yeah. I'm not, not sure who you'd want to be. Bobby Jindal, maybe? Oh, that's kind of crossing the line again. Okay. <laughs> but but let's, get to, let's get to the game that everybody wants us to hear about, let's talk about. Um, the, the USL game against Seattle. Well, that was good too. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. later. Uh, but obviously, the big game at BC Place, four uh, 0 over RSL. Uh, you know, it was a trap game, like yeah. we'll hear people say. I think we should call them FSL though, because that was not the real Salt Lake. Yeah. I think that was more just a fake Salt Lake yeah. out there. Or I thought you were going to use a different F word. Oh. Uh, but uh, <laughs> no, I think that possibly was Jeff Kassar when he was talking to the referee after 30 minutes. Yeah, but uh, overall, fantastic game. They, they, they didn't fall into that trap from two years ago um, when they lost to a team that was similar to this. Uh, one nothing. They, they got that soft penalty call at the beginning. I, I, I've seen worse that not got called. Um, really, if that was called against us, I would be livid. Yeah, I, so I, I have no problem with RSL saying it. Although, uh, I guarantee you that uh, there will be people out there who say it was a proper call. But I think it was very soft. Well, we didn't really get much of a replay off it either because the, the TVs in the press box weren't showing the game at that point. They were still showing what had happened in the CFL game. Yes, oh yeah, it was still the replay. And, and despite TSN having five channels... They weren't able to get one of the channels switched over to Vancouver, so very, very disappointing. So, I mean, from from my first glance and the very quick flash that I saw of it, I, I don't think it was a penalty, but you take them. Yeah. And I've got to say, Chris Penso, referee of the year, as far as I'm concerned, he gave Vancouver everything tonight, every little thing. Well, apparently, uh, the RSL commentators were mentioning that he doesn't give penalties that often. And he's happened to this one. He just gave right off the bat. So that was an interesting thing about his stats. I think they, I, I, I saw, I saw in the highlights that they mentioned that he gives gives it a tw- out of seventy five games he's given twenty five penalties, which is, uh, you know, one out of every three games. Yeah. So it's not too bad. But this one definitely he was pointing to a spot right away. Yeah, and then I mean they got that early lead seven minutes in. 
kind of made hard work of it for the rest of the half. It, it's tricky. Like you say, you talked about that game in 2013. Carroll had referred to it in the build-up to the game. And he said after the game when I asked him tonight that it's still irksome. Yeah. And it really, really bothers him. So he made the players aware of that. And he reiterated that to them at half-time. It was one-way traffic. You can't really consider that RSL they didn't, did anything they, they, to, they, to threaten Vancouver. They had chances, but they, there was nothing that really bothered Ulster too much. You know, no. I think it was probably, probably his easiest game of the year. I, well, I mean, Robo Rob also said after the game that the team has played better yeah, and lost, lost yeah. than like a four-goal display tonight, which was phenomenal. But they got that second goal five minutes before half-time. The Gambian connection. Oh, the goal machine. <laughs> I would have thought the Gambian connection. Yeah, I think they were just tired of uh, the Latinos getting all the, all the yeah. pumps. So. They decided to set up, uh, you know, work together and get up a goal. What can, what we can, what can we refer to Manny and Kaz? The Gambian Express? Gambian Gambit? Yeah, something like that. Know, we'll, we'll throw that out there. If you're listening, you can think of a name for the link-up play between Manny and Kaz. Let us know. But Gambian Nightmare? His finish was a nightmare. That yeah. was a horror. That was a <laughs> centre-back's finish. Yeah. Uh, Atanella's going to watch that and think, oh, I'd like that back. Yeah. But they all count. Three goals in two games. Pamidou Ka, goal machine. Get that tattooed. And then the, the first half, obviously, the, yeah, I, I think it was great that they got that goal. The second half, they came out, and they actually started playing better in the second half, um, and they started pouring it on. Again, very few chances for RSL, and then basically the second half belonged to the little bug. Oh, buzzing about, being a pest, everything that you want from a bug. He was outstanding. Carroll said after the game that he was his man of the match, and it's hard to dispute that. When Teixeira first joined the team, you knew he had something special. I aired concerns in a previous podcast. I really wasn't 100% sure how well he would settle in MLS with it being a physical league. But you've seen guys like Plata that's small and handles the physicality yeah. of it. Javinko at Toronto, small guy, thriving. And like Teixeira in the last, Four to six weeks, he's really found a stride. He looks outstanding. I would even go as far to say the best addition that Carroll has made to the squad this year, more than Rivero, yeah, well. more than Goal Machine Ka. But I, I do think he has been the best addition. And when you think that we've scored 10 goals now in three games, and when you look that the strikers, Rivero, Matics, when he comes on, yeah, they th- they're not really contributing to that. The goals are getting spread about. Rivero got the penalties, but yeah. nothing from open play. But like you know, well, you, you know Rivero's frustrated. You can see it. Like the when Teixeira got the one that Harvey sent in that Rivero just missed, missed getting his yeah. foot on. He kind of had a look on his face, like oh, that could have been mine. But he, also, he was obviously think, happy as well. We also knocked, you know, into the face of yeah, the town. So he, yeah. was, he wasn't celebratory too much because he was concerned Yeah, him, but, but you know yeah. that he... Uh, he that had, he wanted that yeah, one. Yeah, but you also know that he's a goal scorer and he's going to find his stride again. Yeah, for sure. And that's the great thing. Yeah. Like, we're scoring all these goals just now. We're knocking the ball about fantastically. And Rivero's not scoring... Pedro's not starting and Rosales is injured. This is a very exciting time to be a Whitecaps fan. Yeah, and like you said, Teixeira, that was a fantastic finish by him at the far post. Beautiful outside and that's the of the one foot. thing we've mentioned before in the past, that nobody ever made that run to the far post. Yeah. And if the, if the person in the middle missed the ball, it would go all the way to the, the well, sideline. Robbo talked like how he felt like Teixeira had made 30 to 40 yards up to, just to get to yeah. that. And he said, that's what they want. Yeah. That's what he needs to see. Um, and he loved the desire from the players that they didn't give up and they kept pushing for the goal. And, I mean, 4-0 could easily have been 6, 7, 8. 
Well, and the fourth goal, the fourth goal was Shachera as well, and that was probably the best goal of the night. Um, great strength from distance, yeah. and it was great to see because you know, it, it, the, that was one thing that was going into the season we weren't sure like who was going to hit the ball from distance because in the box things get muddled up. You can't always finish from there, so it's always good to have when you have space outside the box and you're able to strike it in. Lava, Lava, try again. To, yeah, he, get it. He's getting a little bit more confidence getting the shot on after that one goal. So it's great to see, and, and I think this team is full of confidence right now. Yeah, we just. I, mean, I, I thought Harvey was really wanting oh, to go tonight was as well. Fantastic today. Yeah. He was pushing up to constantly. I think he was pushing up more than Betashore, but I think Betashore had a you know strong game. It might have been. Yeah, good. and Foco know I've been really hard on Betashore, but I thought he's been good the last couple of weeks as well. Yeah. But when you've only let one goal in, and it really should be three clean sheets in a row now. Yeah. But I mean, two straight clean sheets. You, you can't pick fault really with it with the defence at all. But when I mean, we'll go into some individual players and the, the performances of the last few weeks in the second section. But yeah, I mean, great strike from Teixeira, 4 0. Let's hear a little bit now from both head coaches after the game. So we'll just hear a little bit from Kyle Robinson because obviously you can find his full audio on the Whitecaps site. And as always, I sent Steve into the away locker room because we didn't really know what kind of mood Jeff Kassar was going well, to be Well, I think in, he had a long time to calm down yeah. because he was sent off early. We should, we'll mention that in a second here. Yeah. And he'll talk about what happened when he was sent off. So let, let's hear from Robo and Jeff Kassar. Uh, four goals, clean sheet. Must be happy with the night's work. Yeah, yeah. I think we, we didn't play very well in the first half, but we got our noses in front uh, from a penalty. I said to them at half-time they need to tidy up a few things. I thought the second half we were a lot, lot better. Obviously got two goals, disappointed maybe not to get one or two more. But it was a trap game for us. It was difficult. Jeff decided to rotate his lineup and leave a couple of his big, bigger players at home based upon the game on Wednesday, which every team in this league does. Uh, as a manager, you get criticised when you do it if it doesn't work. And uh, apparently you get called a genius if it does work. So uh, it was a trap game for us, but we, we took care of business today. You talked about it hitting into the game. 2013, they brought the understrength team and got the win here. Did you use that as motivation? I did. It still irks me now. When Martin was in charge here, they come and they changed the total lineup and they got the noses in front from Devon Sandoval, I believe, a header at that time and couldn't get back into the game and uh, things like that wind me up. So, yeah, it did. Um, it was passed across to them prior to the game and especially at half time because the third goal was always going to be the, the big goal. How much growth have you seen in, in your younger players the last two or three weeks with this run of results and all the goals going in? Do you, do you see a difference in you know their confidence or just how, they, how they're handling themselves? Well, confidence is a big thing in football, not just in the last two or three weeks. In, you know, the guys who've been with us for 18 months, the guys who've been with us for just six months, it's you know, proving day in, day out what it takes to be professionals and they're young players. So it's easy to criticise them when they don't play well or they don't do well because you know everyone just sees them on a Saturday or, or Wednesday night. I see them on a daily basis and I keep you know drumming the same beats really. They're getting better and that's all I can ask of them. They're developing as players, they're developing as people. Sometimes because you're young you make uh, a lot more mistakes than you do if you're senior players. Um, but I tell you what, uh, my group has got some character in there. It really has. And I keep challenging them uh, and they keep answering. Thoughts on being ejected? Totally uncalled for. I didn't do anything wrong. I mean, I, I was just trying to protect my players who had been getting had been getting kicked. He gave a soft PK, super soft PK, uh, that I disagreed with. But that that wasn't when I was when we were in. He came up to me and said, "Next thing you say, you're getting kicked out." What did I you did, say the next? I thing? said three three fouls. That's it. 
Yeah, totally uncalled for. From what? Uh, so, how would you assess your team's play? This is a tough night. It was a tough night for for everyone uh, in in tough circumstances against a first place team. Um, but I thought there was a period of time in the in the first half that we we settled settled in a little bit uh, and and played some good soccer. Uh, but the, the second goal was really the one that put, put our heads down a little bit. And, uh, you know, credit to Vancouver. They're a very dangerous team going forward. Do you feel that, that questionable PK call the, that, that basically threw your tactics out the window, especially with the young well, team? I, you know, I, I just think, you know, with the group that we had on the field, it's a tough thing. You know, we start off the game feeling good about ourselves. Uh, and then really quickly, it's something that, that, that you have to rebound really quick from. And, uh, you know, credit to the guys for doing that, for for rebounding. But uh, you know, it, it was a, it was a tough night. You think that uh, this loss is a result of all the traveling that you guys did in the last seven days? It, it didn't help. Uh, not going to blame it on the travel. Not going to blame it on anything. We have to we'll look ourselves in the mirror and take responsibilities. Uh, but you know, we, you know, we had had a very tough game in D.C tough game in Guatemala and then to have a third one in in quick succession uh, was not going to be easy no matter what Um, uh, but if we can turn around and get a result against Kansas City in the Open Cup semis we got an opportunity to uh, be hosting uh, a final in our building uh, and that's uh, that's where where we put our focus on. Did you draw anything on the result from a couple of years ago when you, you guys had a young team again and you were able to pull out three points? Did you kind of try to inspire the team that way? No, you know, I mean, I, I, I liked where we were at going into this game. I, I felt really confident with this group. Uh, but again, that, that early goal really, you know, sets, sets the, the tone for the rest of the game. Uh, and, I, and it could have been, it could have been a different game if we don't give up the goal in the 43rd minute. So that was Jeff Kassar, as you could tell. He he was very puzzled about why he was sent off. Um, he said he didn't drop any F-bombs. Um, it looked to me that after he got sent off, the referee told him to go, and then just Kassar went, no, you go off. Yeah, like a little kid. Yeah, <laughs> it was fantastic. And yeah. then he had a little word with Robbo, which I meant to ask him actually if he would say what he said, but he probably yeah. wouldn't, because we never talked about that aspect yeah. of it. But, I mean, it was a tough loss. They're having a, they're having a bad season. But from the Whitecaps' point of view, 13 points clear now. You have to think 42 points in the bag. It's going to be a monumental collapse if the Whitecaps don't make the playoffs now. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. It's going to basically, they're, they're, I'm not going to say drive, they're in the driver's seat because anything can happen, but I think, I think it would be a monumental collapse if they didn't host the game at this point. Yeah, anything outside the top four now yeah. is a major disappointment. disappointment because of the point they're at right now. We talked about uh, the coaches there. They, they, uh, Robinson was very happy with most of the players. The one player he wasn't happy with at halftime was Gershon Kofi. Yeah. Um, he mentioned that too, that, you know, the, in one of the questions that he was, if you asked about Gershon Kofi and at halftime, he would have, would have been a lot of expletives. Yeah, in he went it. beep, beep, beep. Yeah, but the second All half. Of that was, was his roadrunner impression, I wasn't yeah. sure. <laughs> the second half, he was very happy with Gershon. So, um, he was, but he said that he was the best player in the, on the field. So, well, one of the best. He actually said, yeah, to share was the best overall, yeah. But, I mean, we've talked about Gershon before. So frustrating that yeah. he's just not consistent. But, yeah, good second half from him. It's hard to find fault, really, with 
any of the players today. Nico linked up well, but he could really do with getting a goal, I think, just to help help the confidence. But what he what Robbo said after the game was that jersey is Nico's to lose now. Yeah. That Pedro has to earn it back. And Pedro does have to earn his spot back and he's gonna have a good chance with the game on Wednesday, which we'll come to shortly. I mean, what other players for you stood out tonight? Eister didn't have a lot to do, clean sheet in the defence, but who stood out for you, Steve? I thought it's it's hard to say one person stand out because they were all very evenly stood well, stood out. Since we haven't done a podcast for a while, let's yeah. let's look back at the last couple of games. Three one win over San Jose. Yeah. Three 0 trouncing. I always like to use the word trouncing when I refer to this down Seattle. And four 0 right. Let's go with that tonight yeah. against RSL. Over those games, who's really kind of risen to the occasion for you? Because it's been a pretty set, stable lineup. I think the biggest, one of the biggest reasons is the wide play, and I think you got to throw it to guys like Kakuda, Christian, like you said, Moro Rosales when he before he got hurt, and I, even the fullbacks. I think all those guys are spreading the ball around, uh, getting the ball wide. Sorry, and that's giving more space in the middle, and I think that's made a big factor because teams cannot like get tied up in the middle. They have to spread out across the width of the field, and that's causing more gaps for everybody else. I think that play is improving, has really helped out the Whitecaps overall. Yeah, I mean, that. that I, I was saying on Twitter earlier this week that, to me, Vancouver's back seven yeah. is probably amongst the strongest, if not the strongest, in all of MLS. Yeah. I used to of the year candidate. The back four of Harvey and Betashire as the fullbacks. With They've improved now. They're, yeah, they're definitely Boston improved, yeah. and whoever you put in there. Because yeah. like Ka, Parker, Dean have all looked fantastic yeah. when they've played in it besides in the in the centre back role. And then like Tiber and Lava and, Lava Kofi, and Kofi. That combination. Yeah. And any two of those, it's like you pick those seven positions, and I think we're so strong. And as you say, where we've let, been let down in the past, but what has done so well in the last few weeks is those three just behind the striker. Like, yeah. the three attacking positions, the two wingers and the number 10. Since Nico has come in, it's looked so much more lively. And it makes sense because you've got the Uruguayan connection. And, like, Teixeira, Rivero and Mesquita, they hang about together off the pitch. They've got that understanding. Teixeira referred to it tonight that he likes playing with the Latino players because it's just there's a bit of a better understanding there. It's, it's a natural understanding. Yeah. Manny has been good. Against Seattle, though, I thought he was marked out of the game. And yeah. You expect that. But he had his moments in that he game had his moments. He yeah. had his moments tonight as well where he looks electric when he goes on a run and he stopped being so selfish. Yeah. But for me, he's the expendable guy just now that yeah. when Myro gets fit... You put Myra back in on the right, you put Teixeira in on the left, and you keep Manny on the bench for a bit. Um, but I, I, I personally don't think at this point you can do that. I would say Moro is more Moro is like Pedro. They have to get their spot back at this point. Well, I, think, I, I don't know. I think he did earn it with his play before he got that injury. He was yeah. outstanding, especially in the number 10 role. He was maybe maybe he really takes good. over for Nico then, and then, Possibly. And then Manny and Teixeira stay where they are. So it all depends, but it's a great, great problem to have, honestly. Yeah, but talking of that, all they talked during the week, of course, was would the Whitecaps add another player in the transfer window? Yeah. And as we know, they did. They added a right back. Yes. Not the position a lot of folk would have like instantly said. There was a need there because Samson clearly was not up to, to be an MLS backup right back. No. I mean, I, th- I think we can honestly say that. Yeah, Parker's looked good when he's come in, but, but you have to think... 
But Carroll has one eye on Parker possibly being the start and centre back. By no, the end it's of the true. Year. Yeah, because the, the thing is, is he's been so valuable at centre back. They really don't have time to put him at right back at this point, especially with all these games. So, and, and Robinson uh, talked about it in post game that they need to work out the visa issues. Yeah, and they're hoping to get him as soon as possible. Yeah, um, but I mean, Ethan, Ethan honestly has not looked good. When uh, he's had very slim moments, but in the USL especially, yeah, they put him at left back now because they just I think they've really at this point are just trying to get him in somewhere. But well, the rumours during the week where the Robo was trying to line up a loan deal, we believe actually back in South Africa is kind of the latest news that we'd heard that he was trying to lighten up a loan deal for Samson just to get him some playing minutes like he's done with Hurtado in Norway yeah. and also to free up this international spot. Now, I was hoping to ask this and I didn't get a chance. We don't have an international spot, so unless we've done a trade or this loan is in the works, we can't add Smith until we get another international spot from allocation money from someone or, or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, Jordan Simth, as I'm going to call him, because we've got Boston, <laughs> um, he's going to come in. He looks good. Good backup for Betashur. Betashur's contract is up at the end of the season. Yeah. As I've said, I don't feel he's value for the money that he's getting. He will be somebody that will want to get or would be picked up by another team because he has seemed sure. to have worth. So Smith can be the real deal. And you've got like backup with Parker or whoever else you get. You could see Betashur moving on. Yeah, Smith, uh, 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 as we all always do, go to YouTube first. Um, yeah. He's, he's looked good and um, scored quite a few goals from, from distance. So he definitely has the ability to strike the ball. They haven't been shown too many highlights of him running up and down, but they say he's an attacking fullback. A yeah, and the interesting thing though is like Carroll had him lined up to come in in January, yeah. and Carroll's told us before that he has got a number of players already lined up to come into January. Yeah. So he was one of and them. He's basically the Waston for last year. Yeah, because he, yeah, he was going to come in as January, well. They, yeah. they got a chance to pull the trigger early yeah. in that. Now the fact that Carroll's talking about that he has these players lined up, it brings us back to the depth. And we saw on Wednesday night, it was a... All changed, different starting 11 against Seattle in the CONCACAF Champions League. We've waited so long to have a Champions League game, and then it was a big disappointment. That big first time. half, I mean, it was a snooze fest, and we won't, we won't name names, but somebody did nod off in the press box. I have to admit that it was me. I wasn't uh, going to say that. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't think anybody can blame me. Plus, I only had like about three hours sleep going into the game. So It, it was a hard, it was a hard half to watch. The person beside me too, not you, but somebody else, yes. did, was dozing off as well yes. at the same time. She And they, she said that she wanted to go home at, the, <laughs> at halftime. So like, I wasn't the only one in the press box that was like that. It was it was tough. And they got the Plus, I had no control. internet connection as well. So yeah, I was not, by that. I, I know, at least I, I was amusing myself. Yeah, I turning Seattle players into food. Exactly. I couldn't, I couldn't follow in with that fun, so that <laughs> I was really bored out there. That was the most fun I've had at a game for a while. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, talking of the depth, you know that Carl's going to bring these guys in, and he said after the game on Wednesday that the performance uh, gave him a few answers that he had for some players. Obviously, Hurtado was one. He's shipped out the next day to Norway. Eric the Viking, he, now we're going to refer to him. He got a tribute from a Kakuta Mani. Oh, that, that, that. Yes. <laughs> I tweeted this out, but this was Steve's gag. He didn't want to tweet it. I tweeted it. So we'll no, I Steve didn't want to tweet it. I just didn't have time. Oh. I was doing something else. Um, yeah, when, they, when the Whitecaps had that three-on-goalkeeper break, which the RSL Twitter feed described it as a jailbreak, yeah. which I liked, you have to score from a three-on-a-goalkeeper break. But Kakuta Mani... Heavy touch, which which you said, Steve, was... was a, a tribute to Eric Cotado, obviously. Yes. It's like, it's good mate, Eric. It's like, 
Goodbye, Eric. I'm just going to have a heavy foot <laughs> like you did. That was dreadful. Yeah. But you had Taro shipped out. Samson, another one that he obviously has no answers in. Diego Rodriguez. We have to talk about Dero. Yeah, I, I, I personally think that if if they could, I, I, essentially, I think if they could, they would cancel his um, loan and his send him back. But I don't just, think. I mean, Carol was, talked that his confidence had kind of gone, which is why he was giving him the run in the USL. Yeah. And then he comes in and he had that great tackle. Yes. Just after block, after we the scored, block. Yeah, the block to. Yeah. To keep the lead, but man, that was woeful, Mark. Yeah, no, he was basically. I think he was trying to like play the offside trap, yeah. and and but you don't play an offside trap when you're that close to the goal. No, you got to you got to mark your guy. You have to be a hundred percent confident that's going to come off, and it didn't. And the thing is about him is like remember the way back when in the Orlando game, he actually had a good game there. I liked and him. Then, I liked him before he got injured. I liked what I saw in well, preseason. I had him, I had him in the, as a starter next yeah. to Boston. But the I thing think Carr just had a phenomenal preseason tournament in Portland. But the, fun, the, spot. the funny thing is, is he had that that great game against Orlando, I thought, mm-hmm. and then he got, but he got suspended for the the touchy the touchy grab, yeah. touchy touchy feely feely, and then and then basically got an injury right after that in in training. Yeah. So that basically he wasn't able to build off that game. So it is it's difficult to see, but because he's a lone player. Um, they probably won't extend it because you know. Look at last year, Sebastian Fernandez yeah. had a great yeah, they, season. They wanted to keep him, uh, but, but they're, they, you're not going to do a, yeah. that because if you do do a transfer for him, that's going to make him a DP, and that's not gonna, that's not worth it at that point. No, and actually that worked out great because I think with Fernandez not staying, it let us bring in Teixeira. like Rivero to share our news guys. Yeah. So I mean that that was good. There was no striker added. That's what everyone was wanting to know. That's what our good friend Har asks Robbo every single day at training. <laughs> if you watch the, the audio on Friday, Carl makes a little dig at her for that. But there was no striker added yet. We can still add a free agent. I believe that there was a couple of deals. There was a couple of guys in Europe that they were looking at, but they weren't able to get the deal done, yeah. at least not yet. Um, there was rumours going around as well that the Chilean guy Vargas they were looking to take him in on loan, but apparently the rumour again, nothing confirmed, was he didn't offer enough money to, to get that done yeah. done um, so they have been looking it's tough now that they've let her Hurtado go because if they don't add a striker now Rivera's out of form ish but he's, but he's helping but him. he's doing great in other ways apart from scoring I, I I mean, somebody, we don't need think, him scoring at the moment so I mean it's I think, not a big I think, thing I think somebody tweeted out the best non-scoring striker in the yeah, league and he <laughs> at is. this point and it's like I'll take that because yeah. his work rate's fantastic but let's just say that drops as well or his confidence goes or he gets an injury we are kind of struggling in that position. You've got Mattox, hit and miss, great with Jamaica. T- had a great quote after the game on Wednesday um, when he said something along the lines of, uh, on another day against another team, I would take those chances. And someone replied to me going, could you possibly let us know what day and what team, just so we know <laughs> what, what game we can play him in? Yeah. So that was fantastic. Um, you got Ernie. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I still don't know. I think... Ernie's done more interview minutes than he's actually played minutes in, like in MLS or USL this year. Everyone wants to talk to him because he's a great guy to talk to, which you can hear in episode 120 if you haven't. So, yeah, do you think we have to add another piece just now? Because there is still a chance. If it's a striker worth it, and he, obviously he has to be a free agent, and they could get him on a short-term contract at the end of the season, maybe then do it. But don't invest in somebody long-term if it's, it's, it's going to cost you money or... Well, Carl's always said he's only going to bring in a guy not for the short term. He said he, he's not, never going to do that. Yeah, so but, uh, but the, how many free agents are out there that, that are going to be worth the... the well, there could be a lot of guys not picked up in Europe. That, that's the thing. But okay. we've kind of seen how they 
don't often work out. Even a guy that I'm quite high on, uh, Sean Maloney, hasn't exactly lit it up with with Chicago and has had interest from Hull City to possibly go back. So, I mean, the guys come in from overseas and they don't always like do it well. I but think they think it's going to be an easy run and they yeah. find out it's not as easy because there's a lot of... While there's not very much technical ability, there's a lot of athleticism, and so they have to work out. Yeah, hard. and I'm interested to see how Drogba does because everyone says fantastic acquisition for Montreal. I'm, you know, I'm not yeah. so sure. And he, he looks like uh, uh, some reports are saying that he's going to make his debut on August 22nd. So he doesn't play in that first leg of the Canadian Championship. So if he makes his debut on the 22nd, you don't really expect him to play two straight games. Uh, one no, and travel all the way not back. Not turf, probably as well. No. So we'll probably not see him here. He probably won't play maybe, that game. Maybe he comes on as a sub or something like that. But that brings us nicely to Wednesday's Canadian Championship. Can we do it? Can we break the curse? So Voyager's Cup action on Wednesday. The team are travelling to Montreal. Then they're, they're flying straight from Montreal to Kansas City on the Thursday. Interesting to see what lineup they put out. Rob has said just before this month started, eight games, he's already got his eight lineups drawn up. But could there possibly be some changes there? That's actually something I asked him at the, the press conference after the game tonight. So before we talk anymore, let's just hear what Robo says from that. You had talked heading into this month that you had your eight lineups panned out. Yeah. Apart from Kendall, has anything happened that's changed you from what you want to do? Well, what I what I don't I don't tell you everything. Yeah. I tell you a lot of things, which is you know a young coach sometimes does, and older coaches don't tell you a lot of things. But um, what I don't tell you is, you know, it's based sometimes based on results as well. And I had a, a plan A and a plan B. A plan A was if we took the got the victory today um, and that will kick into effect on Wednesday and plan B was if we didn't get the result so I'll go to plan A. So Robo indicating there it's going to be a young team but a plan A and I think it's never been confirmed but I think what we're going to see is not what we saw on Wednesday which is a complete change from the starting lineup. I think you're going to see a mix of experienced first teamers and the young guys coming in and Kendall Waston Suspended now for the Kansas City game. Robo has said he will start Yeah, Wednesday. so there's one guaranteed starter we know of. Tanagi, you have to think, is going to get the start and go. I'm okay yeah. with that. And I think our back four is going to now be Samson, Waston, Parker, Dean. Yeah. Or, if they want to, there is an option. If they feel confident with Diego Rodriguez, they could put him in and move Parker to the right side take Samson out of the lineup too. So it's all, I think it's depending on it. yeah, it's like whether what, what it's Rodriguez or Samson. Yeah. Yeah. What player does he have the most thing with? Remember Robo said his things that it was all depending on this result. Yeah, so I think plan A was if they won tonight and had that big gap, yeah. then they could afford to have a, a mix against Kansas City. But they didn't expect Which they may Boston. not win in Kansas City anyway, even yeah. if they go there with their first teamers. The, but they didn't expect Boston to be suspended. They, no. Obviously they weren't looking at that, so that could change everything where they're yeah. there. I think the the holding mids, um, I think we saw Lava come off in the 67th minute. I think he could start with Tyburn. Yeah, I have a... I have a Cause Flores, wasn't that, that as Flores well. wasn't that great against Sounders. No, I've been really disappointed in Florin- Florence. Florence? Uh, uh, he, Florence. Florence has a machine. Flores, maybe Flores has a machine as well. 
Or that's what we could call the partnership of Flores and Tiber. Yeah. Flores and the machine. That's not bad. If that ever happens again. Yeah. But I don't think it will. No. But no, Flores, when he had when he came on against Seattle and made his debut, you were like, wow, this kid is like amazing and attacking and great. But I think he's kind of got gradually worse every time we've seen him. Yeah, he, 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 especially after the, that U20 Honduras uh, burnout at yeah. the World Cup, um, he hasn't really responded well to that at all. But I think Labatiba is what we could see. Um, up front, you have to think it's going to be Matics. Maddox probably, and who's going to play behind him? Who do you yeah, think? Morales well, obviously one of them. I think Morales will get the number ten. Yeah. Um, Where the wingers? Hurtado's gone, obviously. Yeah, I. Froze, Froze? Yeah. should start, and then the other one is really up for grabs now that Hurtado's gone. I'm wondering, could we maybe see Bustos? And speaking of that, we he had a great performance on Saturday in Seattle. Um, we'll talk about that yeah. a little bit later, but he is definitely uh, another two that. goals. That's his sixth of the season yeah. with the USL and team, and he's missed a big, big chunk. Big chunk. Yeah, so he's really impressed. He maybe they, they go with Pedro because Bustos obviously, as most Canadian fans know, he's half Chilean. So <laughs> some people don't want to know that, uh, but he, maybe he has that little chemistry with Pedro, and and, and they can work together in, in behind uh, Maddox. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at the wingers, it's like, who else could you really have there? Another guy who came off the bench uh, against Seattle in midweek was Atacupe. And did play in the wing. Yeah, and so maybe he's an option or something like that. And he'd maybe be a slightly better option anyway than, than Bustos, because Bustos works better in the middle, I feel. Maybe they go Christian Dean and play him up. Cause, uh, maybe they go 3-5-2, yeah. as I keep pushing for. <laughs> So maybe, maybe I'd, they, I, this would be a game to do it. That yeah, would be a, a an tons of options. One. Yeah, and they also like probably catch Montreal completely off guard. Then if they did that, so it'd be interesting to see what they what kind of lineup they roll out. Uh, but heading into the game, it's like we do seem that we are cursed. But now that the Whitecaps have their first taste of the Champions League, even though you can debate how seriously they took it and yeah. then like how successful that was on Wednesday. They want to, to win some silverware and lift their first ever Voyagers Cup, qualify for next year's Champions League for the first time via the Canadian Championship. Yeah. How do you see it going? Montreal lost today against DC, had a strong team out there. Are they going to think that the Whitecaps are going to play a team like they did against Seattle, Seattle. fringe guys yeah. and just put their own fringe guys out there? Yeah, maybe they might think that and they, they put do the same thing. It'd be interesting to see because remember Montreal, you're talking about Vancouver having a taste for Champions League. Montreal mm-hmm. had a very big taste of Champions yeah. League because they made it all the way to the final. They're going to want it again. So they want it again. They don't want to miss out on next year's uh, run or whatever. So they're going to be interested too to see what they have. Maybe the lineup they probably puts out will be the Seattle, similar to Seattle, so they think they can take advantage of that by putting their younger players out at, at home. Or maybe they just put a strong lineup again and just go for it. So it'll be interesting to see what um, Kloppus does there with his lineup. For me, the white caps, like I, I'm happy with a draw, even a one-goal defeat. But if, the, if, there is a, if there is a defeat, or either way, the white caps, I feel, need to get that away goal. Yeah. Because Montreal's running this year's Champions League, or last season's Champions League, they did so well with grabbing that away goal that set them up comfortably in ties. And I can see them coming here and grabbing an away goal. So I do feel the Whitecaps need to get an away goal on, on Wednesday night. I, I, I personally hope they go for the win. And I, I, hope, I do as well. And I hope they knock three, like the, the, the game of like a few years ago that was an MLS play where they knocked in three or four. I think it was three maybe against... Uh, well, it's like... the. 
they score at ease these days yeah. from everywhere. So let's hope so. Now, we talked about a lot of the, the heartache and stuff. One guy that's been through that for years with the Whitecaps in this competition. And he's is, still young, though. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's this crazy thing is Russell Tybert. So there's going to be a lot of Canadians see the field for the Whitecaps on Wednesday. So let's hear from two of them now. We're going to hear first from Russell Tybert. Then we're going to hear from Sam Adekugby. In a time when hats were high, I had no Canadian flag. Just a sign of David Roger. Too scared to purchase larger. But I walk through the Clyde Valley. And the shadow of fiery Jack. Russell, uh, you know, obviously Wednesday, big game coming up, uh, first leg of the Canadian Championship. Um, another chance to win it after so many failed uh, opportunities. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts going into this? So it's a new year, new opportunity. Team's on a high right now. Team's confident. We're dangerous, and uh, we need to we need to take in the things we've done in the season into the Canadian Championship. And I think uh, we'll come out victorious. How was it different this year? Obviously, you're, you, you know, you're, before it was like you win the semifinals, you go straight into the finals. Now you've had a, kind of an opportunity to build towards the final. How is, yeah. how is that you know, helpful or is it a deterrent? Yeah. Um, no matter what, it's a final. And when you're in a final, uh, it doesn't matter what you've done up to that point. You have to take care of the finals. And uh, we've had some struggles with this tournament years in the past, but I think we're confident going in this year. Thanks a lot. It's a championship game. I mean, even playing Edmonton, it's a big game and you still need to do well and get a result in order to go to the final. So I don't think we see any different. I mean, all five teams, sorry, do want to win and do want to play in the Champions League. So I think it's just a matter for if people who don't think we are playing our first team, we're still playing professional players. We still want our players to perform. And if it's not in the champion, if it's not in the, um, the Amway Championship, then it's in the MLS games. But we don't see any different. I mean, it's a big game. Edmonton was a big game, this is a big game too, so it's just a matter about all of us performing. So a couple of young Canadians there, Russell Tybert and Sam Adekugbe, talking about Wednesday's Voyagers Cup clash. Quick prediction from you, Steve. How do you see that going? And how do you see next Saturday's game against Kansas City going? I, I'll say 1-1 draw against Montreal. And then I'll say a defeat versus Kansas City, maybe 2-1. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe 2-0 defeat to Kansas City. I, I don't see us getting anything out of that. I'm kind of thinking, though, that Robles maybe... Not obviously, you go into a game expecting to win, but I think he's maybe got the back of his mind. That's going to be a tough place to go and get a win. He'll maybe play for the draw next week, and I think that they'll get a one-goal defeat midweek as well, two-one. But if they can get a draw or a win or an away goal, perfect. Yeah. So before we wrap up this episode of the podcast, let's just give a, a little nod to the USL team. We kind of mentioned them earlier. Now, it seems that Vancouver's teams, they just go down to Seattle and win 3-0 these yeah, days. It, it's, it's, and basically, the last three games they've played against Seattle has been a um, 7-1 aggregate. So, two wins and a draw. And it's just a domination. Today, they win 3-0 at Starfire. Marco Bustos with two gorgeous chips. Which I haven't seen yet, but you told me they were great. Yeah, I, 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 I love chips. And then Andre Lewis scored. 
didn't flip over or anything like the that. The forgotten man almost, yeah. but... But his, his goal, with Blasco made a great run into the box, got it over to Lewis, and Lewis just hammered it home. And so, three, basically an easy win. People were in, in Seattle were just walking out by the 75th minute or something. Oh, were yeah, they? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Love to see that. Yeah, that's what the commentators were saying. So. And I, I was down at Starfire last weekend uh, watching the Kitchener-Waterloo club, KW United, win the PDL Championship and watching them put out Seattle Sounders under-23s on the Friday night in the semi-final with a 93rd-minute free kick for the yeah. 1-0 win. And a couple of residency alums too. Yeah, Adam Palachevich, probably murdered his name there, and Wes- Wesley Kane, yeah, let's <laughs> go with Palachevich, um, and Wesley Kane, um, so it was great to see them doing well. Always nice to, to see Seattle lose, and I got to see them lose twice in two days. But the USL team, and I've said this to Robo when we had a kind of chat, that I feel the USL team are hindered when they send the MLS guys down. And by MLS guys, I'm not counting like McKendry and Bustos and Lewis, who have been there. But like when they send down the, the fringe guys and the squad guys just to get minutes, yeah. they've struggled. There's no chemistry. Well. And you saw that on Wednesday night with the lack of chemistry. But when they're not there, Marco Bustos, Andre Lewis, Victor Blasco... Caleb and Park. No, actually not Caleb Clark, Billy Schuller. Those four guys link up fantastic. The understanding they've got and the understanding they've built has been tremendous. And the Whitecaps, four-game road trip there in the middle of it in USL action. Two wins now. They've got Portland next weekend and one more away trip before they round their season off with three home games. Making the playoffs... You can talk about whether this is about development or whatever. The club want to make the playoffs. Alan Koch wants to make the playoffs. The players want to make the playoffs. I want them to make the playoffs. And they're doing well. They're they're challenging for that sixth playoff spot. And they probably won't get any home playoff games in the run, but unless there's maybe a couple of two-legged wins, which I'm not sure that there is. But they're doing really well. Keep an eye on them. Victor Blasco... He is maybe the only USL squad player that's pushing to get into the MLS just now. Yeah. And it's a pity that they can't play in the Canadian Championship because the rules are just not allowed to play that. But it's good to see them. No, and I agree with that. And I, I, I know you said Billy Schuler, but I think Caleb Clark is having a great year. Um, he might not be doing something connecting right now, but he's scored, he's scoring goals regularly. And I think he's well, someone asked me how case. close he was to MLS minutes, and I don't think he's close at all. I think he's had a better season than Schuler. I know, I know Schuler maybe. He's had, had a better, better season than Schuler goals wise, yeah. but Schuler links up better in helping recently, create. Recently, yeah, no, in the I, last few weeks. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Schuler's never going to make the jump again. No. Um, but no, it's good. Keep an eye on the WFC2 team, and yep, good luck to the guys when they play Portland next week. So I think that's uh, about it for, for this episode of the podcast. Wycops got off to a quick start, and I, I was joking, I was surprised at that because it was the longest anthems I think we've ever had here yeah. it looked like they were going to fall asleep on the pitch it was dreadful I think she was probably told to maybe make it longer because of the CFL game maybe yeah if, if <laughs> it didn't work it's yeah. like you've got 10 minutes love go out there knock him dead make yourself a star yeah that's my Bernard Manning impression for people who's no S- idea who Bernard Manning is spot on right there yeah I'd, I'd, but yeah they got the win despite that national anthem from Jade and it was a gem of a performance just before we go, Steve, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can, when I do, when I ever start to start tweeting again, I haven't been off. I've been off Twitter for a long time, but uh, you can find me at Whitecaps Beat um, on Twitter and writing for AFTN. And I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our Whitecaps stuff for every Whitecaps team 
and also some stuff about the local soccer scene and football elsewhere in Canada on AFTN.ca, away from the numbers. I'm also the White Cats beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com, so watch out for all my stuff in that. So until next time, as always, thanks for listening. Take care, and more the free-scoring caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Ten minutes left, yeah, but then...